the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Well, greetings and welcome along to this special episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain. And look, we had some exciting news this week that Rocket Lab are moving into full commercialization uh, with their first fully commercial launch window opening on 20 April. Now, just to have a little bit of a look back, it was July the 29th, 2014, that we published our first uh, interview with Peter Beck. As he, uh, well, just after he had unveiled the Electron rocket, I was very privileged to be there for that unveiling. Uh, very exciting because what Rocket Lab uh, announced was that they were going to be bringing down the cost of getting a rocket into space and therefore uh, making it much easier to put small satellites up into orbit. Very pleasing to have this chance to uh, to chat with Peter Beck today. Uh, he's coming at us across from uh, from New York. Uh, it was nice of him to give up a little bit of time to talk with the New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, listeners again. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's jump straight in. Well, welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, Peter. It's uh, certainly a privilege to chat to you. And look, very, very exciting that you've been able to uh, announce this first sort of fully commercial launch. How does that feel? Because this has been uh, many, many years in the making. This is really your li- lifetime worth of work. So how are you feeling right now? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's, it's nice to, to kind of break through the pre-revenue startup, um, you know, especially, especially in the space industry. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a tough road to get out the other side. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's fantastic to um, you know to be fully commercial, and um, you know, it's 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 great to um, you know to to currently be the only one um, that that's providing a small launch vehicle service like this. So, uh, you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's a it's great. You've talked in the in the past about getting to a point of maybe being able to do a uh, hundred launches annually. How does that ramp up sort of look after after this one from your perspective? I'm sure there must be lots of plans behind the scenes that you can't talk about. What what are you able to share? Sure. So um, yeah, look, we, we've been on a, a massive scale up drive um, for, for for nearly a year now. Uh, you know, as soon as we completed flight one, we, we knew we had a pretty solid vehicle, so we committed to uh, to full production at that point. So, you know, we have a three-acre factory up in Huntington Beach and a large factory in New Zealand, obviously. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, building and, and, and launching vehicles, um, you know, at, at an unprecedented rate even now. If you look at the turnaround time between the test flight and the first commercial flight, um, you know, you, you, you can measure that in, in, uh, in a number of, number of weeks. I mean, it was a couple of months, but uh, that, that's, that, that's, you know, Generally unprecedented, so um, you know we're, we're we're ramping very quickly, and um, there's there's lots of vehicles uh, sitting in the factory, and you know uh, you know after flight three, um, flight four is right on its heels, and and we'll continue to uh, to keep that cadence. You know we're we're almost at one a month um, build rate right now, and uh, you know this year we'll be uh, launching at one a month, and then next year we'll go to one every two weeks. So what? Will be the what is the bottleneck um, likely to to be to start with? Is that on the building uh, front, or is it on the practicalities around getting launched? Uh, it's what's well, it's kind of unfortunately it's kind of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a huge amount of uh, capex and uh, equipment build. 
um, automated machinery that we need to build, um, and then of course, uh, you know, the, the launch site. Um, it's it's uh, you know it's it's well prepared for a high cadence, but eventually we'll need to build more pads and uh, not just in New Zealand as well, but more pads around the world to to get other uh, orbital inclinations. So from that perspective, have um, have you got any feeling for how many um, you know launch locations that you are going to uh, going to need, and is that something that you'll start uh, ramping up reasonably soon, or are we likely to just see New Zealand launches for the next sort of you know eighteen months ahead? Yeah, I mean for the next eighteen months, our focus is is on the New Zealand launch site because you know the beauty of the New Zealand launch site is it gives us that that frequency and that large amount of launch azimuth we need. So, uh, so certainly, you know that 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 will be uh, the bread and butter. Um, but uh, there are other launch sites, both um, in equatorial launch sites and in uh, in other inclinations that um, that will be will be starting to to execute on as well shortly. Right, and and those are very important for you to be able to you know get up into orbit in the right locations. That's what it's exactly. all about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the the New Zealand launch site gives us sun synchronous. Uh, 98 degrees all the way to 37, but uh, anything below 37 we can't get out of New Zealand. So, uh, you know, um, those equatorial launches being down on zero are, are really important. Mm. Now, um, uh, tell us about the team. How, how big is your team now and how quickly uh, are you growing? Because, uh, look, when, you, when you're doing one launch a year is pretty mind-blowing um, to start with, but you know, you're ramping up, uh, you know, obviously to, to really increase that. Uh, I'm sure there must be other challenges that you're, uh, you're working on as well. So, you know, how's this working for you in terms of getting the right sort of people um, and what sort of people are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're employing at a rate uh, in New Zealand at least of about five people a week. And uh, you know a, uh, a vast range of of kind of roles, um, you know quite a lot of production roles. But um, you know you may have seen recently a press release where we've just recruited our uh, our um, CFO. So you know we Rocket Lab has a, a new CFO, um, Adam Spice. He comes from out of out of America, uh, from Max Linear, then Broadcom and, and Intel. So a very you know very capable CFO and, and obviously as, as well as building the uh, building the, the production team we're building the executive team Okay, and so how does that mix look? How many people do you have in the US? How many in, in New Zealand now? Uh, the majority of the team uh, is, you know, all the R&D is certainly based in New Zealand um, and uh, the engines and, and guidance sets are now uh, done in, in the US and obviously corporate headquarters is in the US um, and I'm I'm kind of somewhere in the Pacific in between at various points of time, and um, you know the the split is still uh, more in New Zealand than in the US quite heavily, but um, but you know that continues to to sort of change and grow as as the company grows. Right. And what does your Huntington Beach operation uh, look like? It must be uh, pretty busy with uh, building of new uh, rockets and um, and engines. Yeah, so I mean, the Huntington Beach is uh, it's, you know it's a three-acre factory um, in uh, you know across the road from from Boeing um, in a very uh, uh, a, a, you know a precinct that's very steeped in, in aerospace heritage. So we're on the corner of Delta Lane, named after the Delta rocket, and Skylab Drive, named after Skylab. You know the the, the very early space station. So uh, it's a it's a great area with uh, lots of talent and. 
you know, that factory is on target to produce 100 engines this year. I think they've already produced over 30. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's, that's scaling nicely, and they also do um, a lot of the electronics. Right. And have you got your design sort of set and locked in and you'll just do exactly the same, same thing for the foreseeable future, or are there improvements that uh, you're making along the way, or is that more on the manufacturing side where you improve? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll continue, you know, we have a, a continuous improvement program and we'll continuously improve the vehicle as, as, we, uh, as, as we refine it and, and, uh, and uh, you know, get, get it uh, more and more manufacturable. But, you know, a company is not, a Rocket, Rocket Lab is not a company that that's kind of, is, is sits on its laurels. So we'll, we'll continue to innovate in, in, the, in the very, um, uh, you know, passionate way that, that we have that, that's all the creation of Electron. So, um, you know, you, there's a lot more to come. Right. What, what sort of things should we expect to come from, from, uh, from you and the, and the team at Rocket Lab? Um, you know, Elon Musk likes, uh, uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, getting off to Mars and, and other such things. What, uh, you know, secret ambitions do you have, Peter? Well, I guess the difference between between uh, Elon and Elon and myself is um, uh, we we just we like to do it and then talk about it. So um, uh, you know you, you'll see that um, there's a there's a long history of the company where uh, we don't talk about things until uh, either they're they're well on their way or, or done. So um, uh, we, we won't we won't be making um, you know too many uh, you know too many announcements until we have some some substance behind it. Yep, that's uh, that's fair enough. Um, how do you go about recruiting? Because you know, obviously, uh, for uh, someone like Elon, who is talking a lot about you know talking things up, um, yeah, that gets him a huge amount of uh, media attention. What what are the sorts of things that um, you uh, have to do to sort of you know build build attention for uh, for Rocket Lab, or is that happening quite? Naturally, that people are coming and knocking on your door uh, because of the media uh, attention you've already gained. Yeah, I mean, I think res- results uh, results drive a lot, um, and uh, you know, actually launching uh, is 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 kind of key. Like, there's there's about forty odd small launch vehicle companies um, that are that are, are striving to, to enter this market, and out of that, you know, we're the only ones that are actually putting things on orbit. Um, so uh, you know that that has a distinct advantage. Um, you know when when people are looking around, you know selling dream is great, but um, you know if, uh, if if you're actually executing, then that that um, that, that certainly uh, you know makes it much more of an attractive proposition. And why do you think you've had the success that you've had? What are the keys in your playbook that have made um, you know made this actually possible? Not just possible, but actually successful. Wow, I mean, uh, in order to, to get into this industry, it, it's an industry that is that probably has the, the, the most amount of barriers to entry that you can imagine. Um, you have huge regulatory barriers, uh, huge infrastructure barriers, and uh, huge technical barriers. You know, if, if all you had to do was build the rocket, that would that, that would be relatively easy. But um, there's a whole lot of other you know really substantial barriers that you have to you have to navigate or smash down. So, um, you know, I think uh, the, the key to, to a lot of Rocket Lab success is just tenacity and resilience and, uh, and, and just, just pushing forward and pushing through those, uh, those, those really tough, uh, those tough times and 
being really, really innovative. You know, if you look at the approach that we took, um, it, it's 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 not an approach that anybody else has has gone down the road before. You know, foreign launch sites were the only privately owned launch site in the whole world, and um, you know the 3D printing, electric turbo pumps, carbon composites. You know, you, you name it. There's a lot of really um, you know really unique technologies or approaches that are departed from the norm there, which all you know, only occurred because we're driving to a common goal. But um, I think the company's ability ability to innovate and, um, you know, innovation is great, but also the company's ability to execute is um, is really important. What would you say about the role of uh, being based in New Zealand in all of this? You know, we see some interesting things coming out of New Zealand, um, you know, just in, in the last uh, few weeks, uh, Cora, the um, autonomous electric uh, air taxi that's being uh, being yep. developed in the South Island of New Zealand, um, and t- talking to um, uh, their CEO Fred Reed, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it uh, it, it certainly seemed like there's uh, there's something special about the uh, the uh, opportunities that exist in in New Zealand, and in part from um, uh, not. Uh, government not being too uh, heavy-handed and and you know uh, facilitating uh, the, these types of um, things, um, but there's I guess a number of other aspects. Can you speak to those? Yeah, totally. I think I think that's um, that's really key. Is is um, New Zealand's uh, regulatory approaches is, is really really important, and um, you know for us it was it was critical that at the very top of the uh, the regulations, you know, the re- regulations' purpose was to enable a space industry, uh, not to regulate a space industry, whereas most countries, the purpose of a regulation is to regulate. Um, so I think, I think New Zealand government takes a very key and, and different approach to, um, you know, to that. And, look, New Zealand is full of really, really smart people, and, you know, I've always said this, is, is if, you, if you look at uh, your, your, average, um, your average Kiwi innovator or, or engineer, uh, they are they are you know at the at the top of the you know the top of the list. Um, we're just unfortunately really really a bit rubbish at commercialising stuff. Um, we have fantastic ideas, but um, going global is is um, you know is something I think that that um, that that as a as a country we need to improve on. But uh, I think you see you see a lot of the stuff happening in New Zealand you know because of because of folks with fantastic ideas. But like I say, the trick is um, turning those fantastic ideas into into really big businesses. And so, what was the key point where you realised that you had to maybe do something a little bit different to get that commercialisation piece right? Uh, well, it was it was very obvious to me um, what needed to be done. So, um, you know, of, often um, when a company leaves New Zealand and goes offshore. Uh, we, we we kind of sigh and say, oh, we lost another one. Uh, for me, I, I do the opposite and say, well, that company has grown big enough and been successful enough that they have to go global, and we should celebrate that rather than lament that they've moved their headquarters from from New Zealand. And uh, you know, for me, it was it was it was really obvious that you know, if you're going to go into a project of the nature of and the magnitude of what we're trying to do at Rocket Lab, then you needed external funding. You needed you know Silicon Valley tier one kind of capital in behind you to, to do these things so um you know so i think i think that, that, that that's really important to to acknowledge okay um yeah. i'm kind of i'm keen to hear just a little bit of a sort of um some insights into some of the specific 
technologies that have enabled Rocket Lab to achieve what you've achieved? Because I, you know, I guess if we were to roll back 20 years, trying to do what you've done now would, I'm guessing, be impossible. It would certainly be a completely different sort of um, story. So I'm, I'm curious to, um, yeah, just to hear some insights on the, the technologies that have actually um, sure. you know, enable, enabled you to, um, to, to go forward. Yeah, I mean, look, historically it takes a government of resource a decade to reach orbit. Um, if you go back through history and a government decides that it's going to be a space you know, player, it, it typically takes that, you know, a government worth of, of resource and a decade. Um, and, you know, what you saw is, is, is SpaceX kind of uh, bucked that trend and then, you know, Rocket Lab has been the second to, to follow. Um, but, the, you know, the, the certainly with um, access to information, uh, access to computing power, um, especially as well, uh, the, a, lot of, a lot of the things that were only within reach of governments are now, in, you know, within reach with industry. Um, so I think I think that that's um, you know that that in itself is is a very um, very important point. But for us, um, we started off with with you know a blank sheet of paper and with two requirements. And you know the two requirements were it must be affordable. The launch vehicle must be affordable, and it must launch at least uh, at least every uh, you know every every week if not if not more. So with those two requirements in hand, um, really they drove everything that we did. Um, for example, the, you know, the, we've talked about the launch site. You know, the reason why we have a launch site in New, in New Zealand is because we could not simply get the launch uh, frequency out of the U.S. launch sites because there's just too much, uh, too, mu- too much air traffic and too much shipping uh, that, that occurs within the region. Um, and when you think about the, uh, you know, the Rutherford um, uh, rocket engine, uh, you know, it's it's 3D printed. You know, all the entire um, thrust chambers, injectors, and turbo pumps are all 3D printed. And the only reason that we did that was, you know, to meet the to meet the cost and frequency and performance targets. And we did that at a time, you know, we started that program at a time where metal 3D printers were being used to, you know, print the odd CASP, you know, CATS prosthetic hip and a bottle openers, uh, not, not, you know, fully highly stressed, um, you know, aerospace components. So we invested in, in certain technologies that we could see that would, if we could master, would pay off. Uh, in the future, handsomely, um, and you know, and that's that's you know that's been true. And along with that comes you know you make investments into certain technologies and ideas that don't work, um, and you just have to be have to accept that, that 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 will be the case in some in some instances. Right, and it's certainly easy um, to look in from the outside and see all the all the successes, um, mm. but tell us about the failures in the background. What's, yeah, well, what what I mean, sort of things haven't worked? Well, look, just, you know, oh, goodness me. Uh, the, what I will say about that is that, um, in all honesty, I think we probably learn more from the failures than we, did, than we do from the successes. Um, because, you know, if something if something fails, um, then, then you tend to, you know, analytically dig into it, um, you know, a long, long way. If something works, you just sort of high-five and it works. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you need to do a certain amount of due diligence to make sure that you understand why it worked. But um, but certainly when there's a failure, um, and, and you know if it's a, if it's a particularly spectacular one as as they you know tend to be in this industry, um, you you um, you know you, you dig dig much 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 deeper. So um, and uh, you know you have to remember that the, the 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 margins within launch vehicles are very very tight. 
you know, one percent of the total rocket's mass is the payload. So if you're a fraction of a percent out on anything, you you've just create the world's most expensive firework um, rather than getting anything to orbit. So you know the margins are very slim, and um, you know it's it's really important to you know to have a fully full understanding of, of everything. And um, you know we 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 have a very very high um, threshold when it comes to testing. So um, we'll do a certain amount of analysis, then we'll build flight components and we'll test them. And we'll test them to the levels that they're expected to see. Then we'll test them to qualification levels, which are higher, you know, significantly higher above the levels that they expect to see. And then we'll go and break it and find out actually what what is what is the failure point and what is the failure mode. And that kind of test-rich hardware um, has been critical for Rocket Lab to develop so quickly and uh, and also so reliably. Now. Um there are lots of people that are, you know, always trying to uh, establish new businesses and, and startups in the science and technology uh, field. What advice would you have for uh, for others? Uh, you talked about uh, tenacity before. Um, it, it seems to be a, a term that's come a word that's coming up a lot uh, recently. Fred Reed used exactly the same uh, word. What other, um, you know, advice can you uh, can you share? Go big. Um, you know, look, it's the same amount of work to to uh, to build a medium-sized business as it is a big business. Uh, you'll go through the same sacrifices, um, the same amount of work, the same amount of sleepless nights. So, um, what drives me insane is when when I talk to to New Zealand businesses and they talk about being, you know, like a ten million dollar company or a hundred million dollar company. Uh, we should be talking in 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 the billions, um, just as a standard metric. So, um, you know, if you if you're going to if you're going to create a startup and you're going to do something um, then just make sure it's big because there's no point in, in going through all of the grief uh, chewing all the glass and uh, and coming out the end of it with uh, with a small business great that's excellent advice thank you very much Peter um, anything else you'd like to um, share around uh, what's next no I mean we're just obviously excited for the uh, for the next next flight and um, we'll look forward to getting some more customers on orbit and then um, continuing to to um, um, chew down on the on the the, the manifest. And um, the sort of people that you're looking for, should people go to your website to uh, to keep in touch with with um, with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, if they're they're looking for a career in the space industry, then it's just careers at Rocket Lab. Um, and yeah, we, we'd we'd certainly um, certainly welcome uh, any 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 talent. And you know, we're not we're not just looking for, for physicists we're looking for um you know uh really really good uh, assembly technicians and in you know a vast variety of roles fantastic well thank you very much for your time it's uh, it's been a, a privilege to chat with you and um you know plug in right. and just get an updated on the journey yeah no thanks very much well thank you very much for joining me paul spain on this episode of the new zealand tech podcast. Now, you might have heard uh, reference there to uh, my recent chat with Zephyr Airworks CEO Fred Reed. If you want to catch that, then you can find that through my website at paulspain.com. It's also up on disruptionplaybook.com too, where I'm starting to build that new uh, new series of content, uh, which will include videos and podcasts. Uh, so you're welcome to uh, pop along there and to uh, and to sign up for email updates. Uh, there will certainly be more coming along in that series in the not too distant future. 
And look, a special plug for Gorilla Technology, uh, who of course hosts these uh, these podcasts and provides the uh, studio facilities uh, here at Podcast New Zealand and World Podcasts so uh, if you know anybody that needs some help with technology for their small to medium business, uh, then Gorilla is the company to chat with. All right, well, that's it from me signing out. Um, we will catch you again uh, in a few days with our uh, normal weekly episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.